This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden, and this is The Leader. Call the Chancellor of the Exchequer. Cometh the hour, cometh the budget, just after 12.30pm on Wednesday, and it was the first one for Chancellor of the Exchequer, Jeremy Hunt. In the face of enormous challenges, I report today on a British economy which is proving the doubters wrong. Been dubbed the back to work budget as Hunt seeks solutions to reinvigorate the post COVID economy with sweeteners to encourage people back into employment. So, what does all this mean for the pound in your pocket and services at your local council already ravaged by years of austerity cuts? Later, we'll be joined by local government expert Antonia Jennings to talk about the impact on services where you live and debunk Hunt's narrative of growth as some of the most vulnerable London families seek emergency warmth in the capital's churches. But first, we're joined by the Evening Standard's deputy political editor, David Bond, who's valiantly making his way through the dense budget books. David, what are some of the key takeaways from Hunt's first budget? Cost of living support, particularly that support on energy bills, will remain at £2,500 for the typical uh, annual energy bill, so we won't go up to £3,000 from April. Fuel duty remains frozen and uh, the duty on a pint of beer also frozen, so some other help there on on cost of living. The £5 billion more for defence, well, we knew about that before today, and some of these reforms designed to get people back to work uh, and get the economy motoring again. And what about some of the standout detail we didn't know about in those early leaks? The standout things actually that we didn't know about before today were the economic forecasts from the Office for Budget Responsibility. So the big one, no recession uh, this year, which of course had been forecast by the OBR uh, last year. The Bank of England had already softened its own forecast, having said there would be a deeper recession this year. They've already said it might be slightly better this year. But here was the OBR actually saying no recession this year. So that's obviously very good news if that does come to pass. 
there will still be a tiny contraction over the years, we're saying in 2023 of 0.2%, but it's still possible for the UK to avoid sliding into a technical recession, which is defined as two consecutive quarters of negative growth. So people will look at that, perhaps critics will look at that and say, well, you know, still the economy is stagnating, we're not going forward, but it is a definitely a better picture than and, than had been forecast before. Inflation also really eye-catching this, which is currently over 10%. Jeremy Hunt said the OBR had forecast that to fall to 2.9% at the end of the year. So that's quite a big jump and almost down. It's, uh, you know, one percentage point away from the Bank of England's target. So that's also uh, slightly brighter news. Similarly, brighter news on borrowing and underlying debt, um, which still very high, but slightly better than anticipated. And the million pounds lifetime pension allowance? What Jeremy Hunt did today was he scrapped that lifetime allowance completely. There had been speculation in the run-up to the budget that he would increase it a bit, but actually he's just abolished it completely and increased the annual tax-free allowance from £40,000 to £60,000. And what Hunt hopes uh, will happen with that is that will encourage a lot of those doctors who've left the service to come back into the workforce. But the problem is, at a time of a cost-of-living crisis, it looks like a whopping great tax break uh, to some of the wealthiest people in society. And one of the things which was, was being discussed as I came up here to talk to you was uh, a lot of questions from reporters about, um, hang on, this doesn't seem to be particularly fair uh, and could blow up. What about the childcare announcement? The childcare announcement was supposed to be the big rabbit that Jeremy Hunt was going to pull from the hat, but as I say, it leaked uh, last night. But the headline, the big headline, is this ex- extension of the offer of free childcare, which currently is there for uh, parents of three and four year olds to children nine months and up. So quite a big expansion will cost billions of pounds and the government hopes really encourage parents back into work. What are Labour saying? Their big criticism is that this is just uh, you know another sticking plaster, it lacks ambition, it doesn't tackle the NHS waiting list or public sector pay strikes. There was nothing in there about increasing the pay offer for public sector workers to try and bring the industrial action uh, to an end. You know, they point their narrative very much now is that we've had 13 years of the Conservative government, they haven't been able to come up with any big plan on growing the economy we're still stagnating you know this is being presented as 0.2 percent contraction this year is being presented as some great triumph so that's their angle but of course uh, jeremy hunt has stolen quite a lot of their good ideas so another part of the childcare offer uh, was wraparound care for children of school age so breakfast clubs after school clubs to help parents there so they can go to work um that was of course one of big uh, labor's big ideas in the run-up to the election next year keeping the energy price cap at two thousand five hundred pounds a year that of course was a labor idea so in some ways jeremy hunt has stolen some of their best ideas and policies over the last few uh, months uh, so it's quite hard for them to criticize all of it but but keir starmer uh, you know will continue to bang the drum that this is a sort of tired government that is on its way out and it's uh, time for a change let's go to the ads coming up how the budget's impacting your local council services why not hit rate and follow in the meantime hi i'm lawrence delalio host of the evening standard rugby podcast brought to you in partnership with qbe business insurance the show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the champions cup will be crowned at tottenham hotspur stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now 
wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Now we're joined by Antonia Jennings, who's Associate Director at the Centre for Local Economic Strategies. Antonia, what are some of the budget announcements that will impact people's lives as many struggle to access council services? The budget is looking like a few big ticket items, mainly for big businesses. But actually, it's in the main ignored the crises that local councils are currently facing. There was data released this week that said 52% are now obviously setting their budgets for the next financial year and are having to cut essential services. We work with councils up and down the country and they're telling us that they are essentially acting as the fourth emergency service. So while there may have been a few announcements for, for example, swimming pools or or potholes, this budget seems to have, in the main, completely ignored the scale of the crises that um, councils are facing. How are they acting as the fourth emergency service? The thing to think about when you're thinking about different public services and how they're funded is that they work as an ecosystem together. So cuts to adult social care that we've seen over the last 10 years have affected pressure on A&E departments. You know, with A&E on the brink, that's affecting kind of crime in local areas. That's, of course, affecting the standard of education. And, you know, these are all services that councils, if they don't have direct control over, they have a lot of influence over and, you know, they have lots of directorates to try and manage. So it's really the fact that across the board with public services, we've seen cuts and the ecosystem is crumbling. And what we're finding is that people are coming to their local authority unable to access many of these essential services and asking the local authority in any way possible to help. Any examples? Just to give you one, you know, anecdotal example, I was speaking to a council just a couple of weeks ago who was telling me that they've been approached by their local parish network, the local church network, who are really, really struggling with the huge soaring increases in their energy bills because, of course, um, it costs a lot of money, you know, to, to heat a church or, or a large old building. And on top of that, most of these churches um, within this council are located in some of the poorest wards in the borough. And what's happening is local residents from those wards at the same time are knocking on the church's door and begging them to stay open for later hours as a warm space for people to spend their evenings in. That sounds unbelievable in 21st century London. I actually heard this at uh, a cost of living um, conference that was hosted by Greenwich Council recently and they brought together lots of different arms of the community from people that ran, um, you know, adult educational programmes, um, church leaders, you know, the, a whole suite. And it was many of the church leaders that were saying, we're currently bashing down the council's door because we can't pay our energy bills and, you know, we can't also afford to properly retrofit our churches with insulation and all the rest of it and the local community that we serve which are you know amongst the poorest in the country actually are banging down our doors begging us to stay open for longer and so it's just the knock-on effect between all of these different parties is really kind of tragic at the moment and unfortunately going in a bit of a downward spiral. How do you rate Jeremy Hunt's budget impact on councils compared to the George Osborne austerity years? So I think the Osborne years signalled a very explicit commitment to austerity as a policy platform and you know in the last few years we've seen, seen the Conservative Party on a national scale shy away from the austerity label or even, you know, announce that austerity is over. What we see is actually austerity isn't over. It's been pushed onto local councils to deliver. So just to put, you know, some figures behind this and and this all into some kind of proportion, since 2010, we know that councils have had cuts to the tune of £15 billion 
If you adjust that for inflation, that rises to £40 billion. The amount of money promised so far by the levelling up fund is £2 billion. So it's essentially like me saying to you, right, I'm going to take away 20 quid from you, give you a quid back. And, you know, I hope that that changes your life. So it's absolutely not, you know, it's just completely out of whack. And what we're also seeing is that unfortunately, these cuts have fallen in the poorest areas already. And any funding, any money that is out there to replace that 40 billion um, worth of cuts that I mentioned is delivered through competition style funding pots. So you're essentially pitting councils against each other as they have to vie for money from national government. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's the leader. We're back on Thursday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.